This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Distilled. You don't need to be a celebrity to look amazing. Get luxury-grade denim with the perfect fit starting at just $75. Go to Distilled.com slash badchristian right now and get 10% off your first pair. That's D-S-T-L-D dot com slash badchristian for 10% off right now. Today's show is sponsored by NatureBox with over 100 delicious options to choose from. NatureBox delivers high-quality, healthy snacks right to your door. So go head on over to naturebox.com forward slash badchristian today and receive 50% off your first order. For those of you not good at math, that's half off. That's naturebox.com forward slash badchristian, 50% off today. Today's show is also sponsored by SeatGeek. Buying tickets online has always been a confusing process, but not with SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app today to start saving. Enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN and SeatGeek will send you a $20 rebate after your first ticket purchase. That's promo code BADCHRISTIAN for a $20 rebate right now. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Nah, 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 wait till I get my Jesus wrong. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. I had a dream I could fly the way to heaven. I awoke and spent that on a 16,000 square foot home. Uh, hey, I actually, right, I actually right got we, a response. Right, so go, go. go ahead, Joey. <laughs> I was just gonna, I was just gonna say. Actually, I got a response from uh, one of Furtick's people, and they want to know more information on why we'd want to interview him. I don't think it's going to go anywhere, but still, there's it's worth no a shot. chance. I would, I, I would love Vegas odds on that. What do y'all think Vegas odds Vegas are that Stephen Furtick would come on here and join us after we've talked basically a lot of shit? Me personally, here, Matt. It'd be Even fit, though I'm probably one of his big to a hundred to one. I probably watch him more than most people. <laughs> right. I think the dude is unbelievably talented. I, I mean, as much the thing that I watch is because he's so good that it just it freaks me out. But yeah, I would say there's almost I'd say maybe one percent chance. Mm-hmm. That'd be a hundred. There's to no. One, yeah. There's no way. I, do y'all think uh, Perry Noble will ever come back on? Maybe. Give him fifty to one. I don't. I don't. I don't. In fact, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. There's so many people that Pastor Tooley and wrote me back a couple more times and said he'll do it in time or when he's ready or whatever. I said we can talk off the record anytime you want. There's stuff I want to know. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's just so interesting to me that he would reach out to bad Christian podcasts. That just that blows my mind. Well, I think a lot of people reach out when everybody shits on them and and they (laughs) and and they when they when they screw up. You know what I mean? Nobody that's in the, I mean, Stephen Furtick, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't think they're going to, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Perry well, you, like, have, the good have thing you about been it. shat on? Call us. We're bad Christian. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so uh, speaking of things that uh, irk me and make me mad, I made a list. Now I'm going to start doing this maybe once every few weeks or whatever. But, you know, Joey, you do your popcorn list sometimes, like just things you want to bam, bam, bam. And But yours are usually like <laughs> oh, memorable. And it's you. like, you're, you're so. Your son's smile, it just like brighten up your day. You know, it's all these. But people know me, so my popcorn is hate oh, nice. popcorn. Hate popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to talk about. I just want to popcorn through things that Toby hates, things that just destroy me. You know, like mega churches and pastors. Even though there's some kind of infatuation I have with them too. It's, it may. I've wondered is is mega church a fetish for me? Like it causes some pain and freakiness, but I'm. I, I don't know. Do I? Some level get off on yeah, just I imagine the hatred. So. That's a real thing. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, it's just there's, there's individuals like that, who follow right? on Twitter like that and stuff. So yeah, I mean, right. that's not. A- yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like that cash me outside girl. Right. People love to hate her, but it, there's something yep. about it that makes them watch. So anyway, all right. First thing I hate. Here we go, guys. I hate when parents bring their sick damn kids near me <laughs> and my family. For example, there was a kid. I had to take Ruby to soccer practice uh, two days ago. There was a dad who was so slobby and gross, and his son was going, eh, 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 eh. the worst cough, cough I've ever heard in my life, three feet from me and my beautiful, precious daughter, Ruby. I'm like, what in the hell is wrong? With Why would you bring that kid outside? What is wrong with you to try and infect my family and destroy it? We, we look nice. We're trying to take <laughs> care of ourselves. And these disgusting people try to get near me. It, it makes me so mad. Keep your sick, gross bastard child away from my family, all right? Next thing I hate, 
Why do so many big-butted women want to be my friend on Facebook? <laughs> I don't understand. It's really pissing me off. I get more and more each day. And why are they so lonely? Why is every one of these women, they look unbelievable. They're all lonely. Every single time they say, Toby, I'm lonely. Hit me up. And I'm like, I can't. I'm married. Does that happen to y'all? Yeah, yeah, I think it's just you. I mean, I... <laughs> So, Toby, you're you're just a magnet for that kind of stuff. Like you look like a guy that would be attracted uh, to all the perverted stuff. Like you just look like that guy. You're a, you you're like, an, you're a mark. Yeah, you're like yeah, this a mark. <laughs> hey, I, I, guilty as charged. I would say that I, I'm getting those at least four times a day now, and that's been in the last two weeks. So something that is that with you too like all of a sudden it just went through yeah the- there's just lonely women there there really is just a ton of lonely beautiful women out there and they just don't get a fair shake and they're trying to make they're trying <laughs> what, what if you're a beautiful people. woman out there wearing a thong or um, showing yeah. your breasts i do too i feel bad for if you you can't find hot, a friend you know think about how hard it must be to be that hot with that nice of a butt and you know like it's about to be intimidating it's hard I to know. meet people can it's take just, that good of pictures it's just really hard for you to be in I that know. situation so that's why they're always so lonely on facebook and reaching out to people like you and and you go on their profile page and they only have like 40 friends so far yeah they're obviously socially <laughs> right. so, so socially awkward because their posts are usually goofy if you go back and scroll through their feed for a few hours like i do to try to check them out you know it, it, right, right, right. it seems like they're just socially up. inept like clearly that's why they don't have any friends their posts aren't even any good, yeah you know so yeah get that 100 <laughs> percent. all right next thing i hate i hate energy efficient water heaters you can waste as much energy as possible as long as you can burn my mm-hmm. skin in the shower it makes me so mad when there's like lukewarm water or the water starts getting cold real fast. I like a nice hot warm shower. It pisses me off. Now, that is in direct opposition to Matt because he doesn't even like showers. So you could care less. Am I right? Well, or you when you take your one shower what okay. every 3 months, is it ha- does it have to be hot? I got accused of a bad showering today because my wife asked me when the last time I took a shower was. I guess she detected that I hadn't. T- yeah, I can smell you from here. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I took one before the funeral. Which is true, <laughs> but um, I, as far as energy, are you being serious? Yeah, are you being serious? Dead serious, yeah. Um, but so that was, and you're not why, doing why that you to, to honor your mom. You say right? dead man, come on, dead serious, on, exactly. Dude. No, but but the point is, oh, you talk about energy efficiency. That's a big deal. There's people that weigh their coffee, the water they heat up for their coffee, so they don't waste the energy in the water to heat an extra gram or two of water or ounce. You know what I mean? And that's. Right. Uh, obnoxious in a way, but that is the trend. So I assure you that water efficiency and heating efficiency, um, as it will pertain to showers, will be an unbelievable shift in the next decade. Absolutely. Nobody's going to be showering every day in, in not long from now. It won't take long. It's that social pressure of being afraid of stinking is so strong that everybody's like, I have to take a shower, I have to take a shower. But there'll be social pressure that shifts into the inefficiency and the water conservation, and that is going to knock showering down by 80% guaranteed in I mean, the next for me, decade it, it, or two. If, it, unless, unless so I jog or I have I'm very like, efficient. If I, unless I jog or I have monkey butt or something, I mean, I can go two days without showering easily, but my gosh, your mom's funeral was like, three weeks ago i mean lord, two weeks lord have mercy well here's the here's the other reason why i hate energy efficient water heaters because you know that one of your best friends in the world is going to turn it to some damn science experiment and talk about it for like three or four minutes and how it makes you really bored next thing i hate <laughs> people who leave a full swallow of beer in their can and open a new can of crisp ice cold miller light with a, you know almost an inch left of beer now joey i want to okay. give you some props you, my friend, you finish yes. things. Like when you eat, Never. there ain't no food left on your plate. When you drink, there ain't no swallow Un- left. I've seen it. Unfortunately, I've lived it. that's a symptom of my mental <laughs> unhealth. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. And to make sure like to it finish is really, stuff. really now, Matt, hard for me to leave anything on the plate. Really hard. Like I just, like I will over, well, it's, I, it's my I will favorite part of eat in order to finish off my plate. And that's just not good. All right, now the exact opposite is Matt. Him and Lunsford both leave an unbelievable amount of beer. Like, if they drank five beers, there'd be a whole beer left with the with the amount that they leave in each can. It makes me mad. It makes me sick. And they say something like, oh, it's warm or it's the, the last part isn't as good, but that makes no sense. <laughs> it is just as good. It is beer. I, right. don't defend, I don't have any defense for that. Don't leave alcohol in the can. It's the saddest thing. It's the most first-world problem ever. All right, this one might get a little – might, we might get some hate mail. 
Another thing I hate is the wage gap or wage gaps. I hate them mainly because I don't even know if they're real. <laughs> wage gap talk. <laughs> I hear contra- I hear contradicting reports on both sides. If they are real, then it really does suck for the ladies. I mean, it would be like one as wrong as it gets. It's one of the worst things you could do to pay somebody less just because they're female. I get it. But I have to question it because almost every woman I know who's in the workforce makes way more mm-hmm. money than me. And I am a small business owner, and I am doing way bad. And women seem to be doing yes. really well. Like, a lot of women are super smart and doing great. So I would love to know <laughs> the truth. I don't think I have it, and it, it makes me mad. Either it's true or it's not, and I want well, some real let's facts start on start right that. here at home. But, but not right now, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I saw dude. I got to put that, that, that cap That I just saw Matt unfolded just, uh, right before that, me. I knew that, Toby didn't want it, and I knew Matt was going to get it. <laughs> I mean, Matt doesn't really have emotion, but you could see just for a second a spark of, like, joy and, like, uh, just something just was alive in you for you a minute, joke, Matt. But that was pretty okay. amazing. <laughs> just gonna okay, start right, right here at home right. and ask who makes more money from a, each month from the podcast. You or Reva sitting over here? Reva, Reva. She gets paid more than you do monthly from Bad Christian. Yeah. Right. So th- th- we, at least we're doing right. our part. There you go. Yeah, we're trying as hard as we can, and I'm glad. Reva works her ass off. That's good, and, and not because she's a woman. It's just because Reva works her ass off. She's a she's, she's a, great, a person. great person. We didn't hi- and we didn't hire Reva because she was a woman. We hired her because right. she's great. Toby, you have anything else you hate? I don't hate this, but I think it's an epidemic. What I'm about to say, I believe, is an epidemic. And and here's what I'm calling it. Evangelical self-pity parties, uh, self-pity porn parties. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and here's what I mean. We hadn't talked about porn in a while. Pity porn parties. Here's what I'm learning. Uh, You know, I'm doing all these true man events, and I'm just hearing guys. And it is a real struggle looking at porn. I mean, it's, it's there all the time. I am susceptible to it. I will say that in the last month, I have looked at porn, and uh, we just want to be honest. I've looked at porn, uh, felt super bad about it, and I was sitting there thinking about, man, I started having one of these self-pity parties for myself. Why why do I do this? Why do I look at things? And I'm talking about everything. Like, it's as far as going far, like, checking out the chick that sends me a friend request that's fake, and I know it's fake, or, you know, a a sidebar all the way to actual porn. Like, all all this stuff is, is... available at any second of the day yeah so i'm not i'm and i'm not letting guys off the hook but it is a real thing that is there all the time you know what i mean like if if you knew you could eat as much candy as you wanted and nobody knew you might would do it a lot or you know if it didn't affect you you know outwardly yeah. or something like you might would do something the same way i think with porn is it it is somewhat of, has obviously addictive per, uh properties with it but here's where i am have been struggling is i think guys get caught up in oh no i looked at porn Gosh, I'm so terrible. Why did I do it again? Oh, my Lord. And that goes on for a few days, right? But guess what happens after Mm -hmm. those few days? They look at porn again, and then they go, oh, no, I did it again. I just, I told myself I wouldn't, and I went one week without it or one month or whatever. Like, we put these uh, time frames on it, you know, kind of like AA or something. Like, man, I've been sober for one month, which is good, but I think the the real problem is deeper. And and if you're you're basing it on time that you haven't done something, eventually that time's going to run out. You're going to look at porn again. The problem I have is it really frustrating is why do we spend so much time since we're doing it, since men are looking at porn, obviously we need to work on not looking at it. That's not my point. Of course, don't look at porn. It's not good for you. It doesn't help your marriages. It <laughs> doesn't help anything. But why are we spending so much time feeling bad about it? Like, I mean, yeah. we spend more time feeling bad about yeah. it than the actual minutes or seconds that we end up looking at the porn. I mean, come on. At least yeah. if you're looking at porn, well, after you do it, Say screw it and go help somebody, or go take a walk and praise the Lord. Get a, get a spring in your step, man. I mean, do you something good for the world. Uh, yeah, yeah no. they're shitty. <laughs> no, no, but he's, that's right. I mean, I think you're right about that. What that shows is that it's a very selfish act on the front end and the back end of it. It's just self-consumed. You're self-consumed with you and what right. you want to see and your entertainment and your pleasure How? and your guilt and your shame and what it means about your status. And that's all just, it's just all, the whole thing is a self-focused cycle. I mean, you How much of it is social religious conditioning with this? Because I, I experienced exactly what Toby's talking about. I mean, there were times, you know, I remember... In college, for instance, and and yes, I have uh, looked at porn this month as well. So I'm not saying this was a college issue, but I remember just sitting there depressed, and 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 I would keep asking God to forgive me over and over. I mean, if I 
uh, chewed out Toby on the phone and lost my temper, I'd be like, Lord, please forgive me for that. That wasn't cool. And I'm moving on with my life with mm-hmm, this. Exactly. I am just like, Lord, right. please, God, I am so sorry. And just on and on and on. I really do think That's that our point. brains have been trained. This is as bad as sin gets. Yeah. Like this, this the is Christian, the bad for sure. stuff. Yeah, for the Christian. Yeah. It's, it might be overdone in that way. I mean, that's not a defense for it, of course, but if you wouldn't think that, if somebody was like, yeah, I just, I struggle with greed. I tend to always want to get a little bit more money and I find myself trying to, you know, do whatever I can to get more money. You you would, and then if you also found out that same person was dwelling on it over and over again for hours and thinking about it and asking God to forgive them every time they wanted more money, or that you would th- you would think that person was being ridiculous. You'd say, "I get it. You struggle yeah, yeah. with that. Yeah, no, let's move for sure. on." Yeah. I think this goes back to hey, me. I, I mean, wish I wish ladies could do six months of testosterone just to see if they like if they were <laughs> wanted to look at porn more. But I'm not. <laughs> once again, we are not saying or validating that porn is okay. It's not. It's bad. It is not good for you. I don't like it. It doesn't help anything. I have a son. I want to keep him from that stuff. But what I'm my biggest thing here is I think you're right. Like I hear so many men say, "Yeah, my wife and I sex sex life hasn't been that good," and I slipped up and had. Uh, looked at porn and then the wife was super hurt very upset i mean that that's part mm-hmm. of uh, the stronger marriages podcast uh you know that that whole story but then oftentimes i'm left to wonder and question well if it's so easy and so attainable to get to to the porn and there was porn maybe before the marriage too you know there, there's yeah. there's a uh, neuro pathways <laughs> there that are, that are built in the dude's brain like, why is the woman so surprised if the sex life isn't good? The Bible says, you know, if you're not getting sex, you'll find it somewhere, right? So I'm not yep. putting any blame on females. There is no blame on females, but I would say, women, be more graceful. If the sex life is rough or, uh, you know, it's not there right now and you're trying to figure all that stuff out, be graceful and forgiving to your husband if he's r- truly remorseful. I do I do think yeah, that. But, but, but for that to happen, there's got to be a deep level of understanding that this isn't necessarily a personal attack on her right and whether or not he's attracted and that's hard because i get it w- without without a lot of conversation it does just seem like how could you do this to right. me and that's not the reality let me tell y'all something theological that i could not believe pastor greg said and i was just like yes i mean because this is just you don't hear this that often but he actually said one sunday recently he said uh, he was talking about the cross and what Jesus did, and he said, I don't even believe that there is any reason for us to ask forgiveness for sins anymore. He says, all we have to do is confess it. He said, if we're a Christian, our sins have been forgiven. And so I've definitely, with with the times that I've slipped up in, uh, with, with porn and, and the later stages of my life, like, you know, modern day times, I've definitely challenged myself to just, Lord, I confess this. Sorry that I did it. I feel bad about it. Moving on. Like, I, I mean, it, because yeah. that's, it's just double dose of unhealthiness to do this pity party thing that Toby's talking about. Yeah, because it, it, it overtakes everything, and then it becomes yeah. your identity. Well, I'm a porn watcher, and you live in that for a little while, and then you end up doing it again. So yeah. the real thing would be, yeah. do some, if you really want to quit, uh, uh, if you really want to quit looking at porn, uh, then really do it. And, I, and I'm talking to myself too like i i have gone unbelievable stretches years and stuff like that and then right. something will slip up and i'll i'll be selfish and and uh just not a good man and that's not what i want to be but you don't count months on other stuff like right that. and like I, there's I, yeah tons exactly of things you do wrong occasionally that exactly are not a huge problem and you don't say it's been seven and a half months since the last right. time i made that snide comment to my wife i knew it i'm doing it again how do i get out of it now i'm gonna binge 100 percent. you're exactly right that, and so so my big point is i think men and women need to understand this better take a little bit of the weight off of it and really work on it work yeah. on it together men and women need help it's the taboo thing and we talk about that a lot. The taboo stuff is anything that is taboo, language we use, saying the fuck word, whatever it is. <laughs> it, it's it, that's what that's that's the point is it's a taboo and therefore that gives it its power Matt, it's and that's why F everybody word. avoids it and then that's Matt, why you fall word. into it. You don't have to add word if you actually are saying the word. You don't have to add word to it. You actually said fuck. You don't have to say the fuck word. You get, you would say I the it was F fun. word. Yeah, it's a fuck word. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Everybody, 
take yourselves a little bit less seriously and go out there and do something good. You're, you're sinning in a million different ways. If you get rid of porn, I guarantee you're going to be shitty in about a half a billion other ways. And so work on the other stuff, too. All, all of it together will make you the better person. It's not quitting one sin and then moving on to that and quitting that one. And quit. It's not that. It's making your whole life better. And that's what the goal of Christianity is. Jesus Christ comes down here, gives, all, uh, gives himself fully. We're supposed to give ourselves fully, too. All right. Sorry I, I got on a little rant there. but That's okay. I love Edifying, men. Baby. I love men. And no, I, right. I want to help them. So. Well, that's cool because women never struggle with porn. Good point. Yeah, well, women do struggle with porn, but I'll let women handle that. I'm not trying to tell. I'm not trying to tell them what to do. You know that. That's all the things I hate right now. But I I want to start ending this on a lighter note. So I want to give you like maybe my wish for the world. Okay. All right. Because this this is super heavy, and so I want to end each of these times of the things I hate with just my wish for the world and like you know kind of so end like on edification. You want some edification? I, yeah. 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 So here's my wish for the world. If it wouldn't hurt them, I wish we could give all women six months of testosterone. And so that they would finally understand. Because <laughs> it's possible. Right. They would understand why we leave the toilet seat up. Why uh, we, we do the dish washing machine the way we do. I mean, basically, they would understand you why things don't matter. Have the, that, that is <laughs> they, literally they from understand. testosterone. Like, it's simulatable to what it's like to be a man. If you give a woman testosterone, she would start right. th- thinking the same way and not caring about the kids' well-being and stuff. And then she would understand. I mean, exactly. To, she would just uh, just six just six months, and then go totally back. And, and I would even, you know what? Just to have that experience, yeah, I'll do six months of estrogen, yeah. just so I understand. <laughs> I think it's fair. As long as it doesn't hurt women, I would Toby, be totally down with that. I don't know if Toby, that, you know, homelessness. You, that's my hope for the world. Like world peace, unity, and that's what you came up with. Let other people worry about those things. That was hopeful. I'm, I want all men and women to come together and understand Matt each other. I just said let every let other people worry about those kind of let things. Let everybody worry about their own things. <laughs> all right, we got a guest coming on here in a second. Yep, but let's pay some bills first, man. I tell you what, it is difficult to find a perfect pair of jeans. It's very hard. Uh, and here's the problem: you don't want to break the bank because you know price is certainly a factor when you're trying to get something right uh and then but you need something that lasts and you don't want junk so let me tell you about a company called distill they make my favorite jeans that i own and they're my favorite because of how good strong tough durable comfortable they are as well as how good of a value they are so don't you don't want to get cheap when you're going below the belt you don't want bargain bin denim that starts to fall apart you know so let me tell you about distilled some more it's d-s-t-l-d you pronounce it distilled and it's luxury grade denim at an affordable price and they're jeans that normally cost hundreds of dollars uh, and distilled has them starting at just 75 dollars they utilize the same fabrics factories and wash houses as the best known brands and designers but skipping the markups and the middlemen the result pure unadulterated denim without the retail runaround and i'm telling you guys these are my favorite jeans i wear them for weeks and weeks at a time and then take them off and put on a pair of just some other jeans that i had before and i am so sad disappointed on those days where i pull up my pants with my non-distilled jeans so i'm going to get some more of these because i like them so much they've been featured in forbes time TechCrunch. um this is a great. It's just a great thing, and like I said, they cut out the middleman, so you get the good stuff passed on directly to you. So go to dstld.com/badchristian right now and get ten percent off your first pair. That's dstld.com/badchristian for ten percent off right now. Five letters: d s t l d dot com slash badchristian. All right, folks, I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever, and here's how. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. I love that. I love that they figure out all the details for me and I just get the best seat for the best price. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So here's what I want you guys to do. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app. 
Go to the Settings tab and click Add a Promo Code. Enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN today. It's just that easy. I love SeatGeek. So are you at the age now when you know that what you put in your body is directly linked to how long you are going to live? I am. I'm almost 40 years old, and I know from this point on what I put in my body, it's, it's going to determine a lot of stuff. So let me ask you a question. What do you do when you want a snack? All you can find is junk food, right? So what do you do? Re- rely on self-control to resist the temptation? Please, man, you eat the junk food. Nature box. You've heard it before. You're going to hear it again. Start snacking healthy right now. So here's the deal. Nature Box makes snacks that actually taste great and they're better for you. They're created with high quality ingredients that are free from all the stupid artificial colors and flavors or sweeteners. So you can just feel great about snacking. Some of my personal favorites are the uh, toasted sesame sticks, the dried pears. Oh my gosh, the cocoa, cashew crisp. Unbelievable. Let me tell you about Nature Box, uh, for those of you that have been with Nature Box before, they've changed a little bit, making their service even better. Now you can order as much as you want, as often as you want, with no minimum purchase required, and you can cancel anytime. So you're you're in the driver's seat with Nature Box, and it's simple. Go to naturebox.com, check out their snack catalog. Uh, it's going to take a while because they are a lot of snacks to choose from. It's an unbelievable assortment. It's eye candy. There's over 100 snacks to choose from, and they're constantly adding delicious new snacks. Choose the snacks you want, and they'll deliver them right to your door. You don't even have to take a trip to the grocery store. You're never going to get bored. There's new snacks each month inspired by real customer feedback. If you ever try a snack you don't like, NatureBox is going to replace that sucker for free. So right now, you can save even more then what NatureBox offers their snacks for already at an amazing price. NatureBox is offering our fans 50% off your first order when you go to naturebox.com slash badchristian. That's naturebox.com slash badchristian for 50% off your first order. Start snacking healthy, my friends. Okay. Before we get down to business, I got to tell you this. So you're you're actually a household name in my family. Like uh, my daughter, Gwendy, just loves listening to your stuff. So now her and I are in an argument because we're going to buy a house soon and we're going to get a dog. Well, I want to name the dog Renfro, the last name of the guy who caught the touchdown pass to beat Alabama in the Clemson National Championship. She wants to name the damn dog Pigeon John. (laughs) What what kind of crazy name for a dog would that be? (laughs) That's a lot. That's a lot of syllables. Oh, yeah, for sure. You'd have to go Pidge or something like that. There's not a lot of dogs named John. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you'd have to go Pidge. Hey, so how how long have you real real quick? How long have you been in LA? Like, what's what's your stint there right now? Since the fourth grade, the yeah. summer before fourth grade, that's when I moved to uh, LA. Been uh, moved back and forth, and then took off around the uh, third and fourth grade, and then came back to LA on uh, the fifth grade, summer right. of the fourth grade. All right, so so let's uh, Toby and Matt know this is like my favorite thing to do. Let's rewind about eighteen years. And you got, you got, let's see, 22-year-old Joey Svensson that's running around uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina with music going into his ears, and it's the Brainwash Projects. At the time, all I listened to was edifying music, my friend. If it wasn't encouraging, if it wasn't about Jesus, I'm not listening to it. So Brainwash Projects fit into that mold. Now let's get back to 2017, and what in the hell happened, man? Yeah. yeah. What's going on? <laughs> no, seriously, from a from a spiritual perspective, give us kind of your take on where you're at now, where you were at then, um, how Christians reacted to it, and all that. Well, I'll, I'll, well, let's start from '98, uh, the debut record with Brainwash. Uh, like you said, was edifying. I, I think uh, I've never stopped trying to do the same type of music, and yeah. that actual CD got pulled off of the Christian bookstores uh, shelves for using the word hell. So we couldn't <laughs> even start the conversation since 98, if you get my drift. So I've yeah. been doing the same thing. I think the the church have been doing this, yeah. choosing what they look at. Yeah. So move on to LA Symphony. You're rubbing shoulders with, uh, you know, these, these guys. And honestly, at the time, so Christian rap was the only kind of rap I'm listening to. And for me, it was LA Simp and Gospel Gangsters, 
they were kind of the two the the two big fish in the sea that were kind of kicking everything off. Now, when you were doing that sort of thing and traveling around and writing the music and doing all this, was it for evangelical efforts? Like, was this, hey, we're we're going out, we're saving the world, man. We're taking this gift of hip hop that God's given us. We're going to do our thing. We're going to save the world. Never, not once. Yeah, not once, because we lived our lives that way. We didn't, we didn't uh, incorporate our music that way. And it's a long story on uh, how and why not to do that, and how it can get tricky when you um, start uh, involving your job with your your faith. And it just was never uh, our mission to like get everybody saved through hi hats and kicks. Yeah. It was uh, a message of let's do music alone and our relationship with our things that were going on in our lives that just came out of our music. So uh, it wasn't, it, we just wanted to get out and have fun, almost like skaters. It's just, it's like, there's no such thing as a Christian skater, but there's such thing as a Christian music industry, which isn't existing. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a cloud. So was, were, were your lyrics all over the place then? Were the, were your lyrics mainly about God or were, were you writing about everything? They've been all over the place. I remember before we put out Brainwash Projects in 98, uh, we used to perform at your church, at churches, and get kicked out for doing a song called Muchas Muchachas, which talked about being a virgin and trying to stay, uh, you know, away from uh, simple things, but still got kicked out. So we we never associated fully ourselves into the the CCM market, they mm-hmm. took to us and we never associated with anyone. We just were doing music and uh, whatever uh, deals or music or, or ways to get the music out and tour and do uh, stuff. We just were an open door. So it was a, that's why the fit with, uh, with LA Symphony and Squint, that was a perfect fit because Steve Taylor and the, um, and the labels, they, everyone, it's Nashville. Everybody's Christian. We're Americans. Everybody is a Christian. Mm-hmm. That that whole right. deal of trying to let people know is dead, died yeah. with Jesus on the cross, basically. But we're 2,000 years trying to get everybody in. It's a waste of time. So we knew that because I think L.A., it's, we, you can't get bogged down in a fast enough city. You know, just like you're, it's just we kind of kept it natural and uh and with the uh, squint, it was just like a let's just put uh, the music out like since Pence, uh, none the richer and not get into the the politics of uh, doing music for the choir mm-hmm. directly and exclusively for the choir. You know, so it, it yeah. made us angry when we couldn't fit in anywhere to this day. So are y'all able to, like, with, with that being said, was most of your audience at churches? Like, did you play mostly churches? Or do you, when you go to clubs and bars, do people turn out there too? Or are they scared to show up because they're Christian and they might be drinking or smoking or something? Does that happen? Never, man. I think it's, uh, and that's way I liked it. Around 03, I left the, the market uh, because I fell out of love with it because I saw how ugly it was. And you guys know how ugly it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I was a kid too, and and um, I really meant what uh, I was living and not preaching, trying to live it because I knew that the whole talking the stuff kills people and makes people kill themselves because they're told what to do and what not to mm-hmm. do right when they're going through puberty. Yeah, do you understand? It's it's a yeah. it's a war on the youth group. So and the church is only healthy as a youth group. And if you see the youth going on right now, it's just like kids at recess pretty much until they go to college. When I left that market, I turned uh, 180. I didn't change any lyric or any beat or any. I just been doing the same thing. I just said, I'm just going to focus on the real world. Uh Did that hurt you financially? Did did that change? I know a lot of bands that took took that chance and it was it was a rough, rough patch for a while. How did that how did that go leaving the church behind like with performing? I'm thankful that uh, before I even started doing the church. I was already at open mics and, and what you call clubs, uh, just trying to get good at rapping Yeah. or I started uh, performing at church. And, uh, thankfully, so it wasn't a financial hit. I actually made the decision, uh, spiritually it was, it was done. I saw something that was like, this is the top of the chain. And this is, this is what I'm going to be like if yeah. I stay here. 
And I knew everybody in the industry. I knew Nashville. I knew both sides of Nashville. And if you don't, then it's kind of unrealistic. But uh, I knew the top dogs there. And I knew the medium or smaller dogs in the real world. Mm -hmm. People just work on music without trying to push your religion because it's poison. When you push your religion, it's a sword. So you can kill people or cut people or defend. You're always fighting. You're always in a war when you're not supposed to be doing that, you know? So I fell out of love with all that Django stuff. Yeah. Just a, it's a, it's a huge circle jerk, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. Nothing gets done. <laughs> People are still talking about the same thing 20 years from now. And they will. <laughs> You're right. It's just, so yeah. it can be a bubble. People yeah. still say, are you saying, gee, I just hear, I'm, I'm hearing from you guys about the, the content of Jesus and stuff. When you guys, you know, there's a big world out there. And when I saw it, I saw God even more greater and even more scarier than yeah. the church. You know what I'm saying? That, that yeah. it's, a, it's a yoga mat, the church. Get off your mat and go to the real world. And that's the real church. That's what I found. And I found uh, financially, it, it, there's no uh, ceilings. In the yeah. Christian market, there was a ceiling. Like you grow old and you play cornerstone. And then you grow even older, and then you go back to Cornerstone. <laughs> right. There's no, there, it stops. Right. The is, uh, by the time you're around 35, you get forgotten, and then another guy comes over and does the same thing, and then he gets forgotten. And I saw that personally, and I said, this market just is crabs in a bucket. They, they just want to kill you in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And uh, it, it was uh, actually a lot more uh, blessing, I guess. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. One of the things that I think is the, like, people, that's why I wanted to ask you that question, because people are scared. I know so many people in the Christian world and are scared to step out because they are worried they won't be able to pay their bills, whereas I believe that is the only way to truly be authentic. I think if so many uh, Christian artists would try to really create music out outside of the church realm, they might find out, hey, I'm not that good, or maybe I need to perfect mm-hmm. my craft a little bit better. Maybe I'd become better. Like, do you think that you became a better rapper, a, like a better musician, a better creator because you got out of the church, which seems backwards, but that, that can be true, right? Oh, man. I, I think uh, when I was when I was doing uh, um, music uh, there, I, uh, the, the question is, uh, man, okay, talent-wise, I think uh, there's there, everyone was just as talented as any other bands right. in any other markets, talent-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, song-wise, too. I mean, you remember... Uh, uh, bands, uh, really good bands in in the market that would uh, tear other bands apart because they tore so much. Because in right. the Christian market, you tore like a beast and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, there there is uh, I can totally relate. Um, there was a uh, people in the market that uh, wanted to do both and to get out more, but their bills yeah. are paid by right. constant church shows. Which is churches pay well. <laughs> churches pay well, bro. And uh, but there's a and and it's just for whoever. Like the church is a big thing, yeah. right? So there's people that are supposed to naturally flow, I think, in the market, and there's yeah. people that are naturally flow like behind the scenes. You know, yeah. God is a big God, like Notaverbs used to say. So God is in the strip clubs right now. Right now, He's talking to somebody. Uh, he's He's at He's with most deaf. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's yeah. with us. Mm-hmm. So I think like uh, wherever uh, it can, my heart was always like, let's just do it at the knitting factory and not right. like, let's just do it there or try. Cause if we don't, there's no, I saw that there was no exit. Right. You know, and and remember, that, that opened remember the yeah. super zones. Remember yeah. The super zones? yeah. They were huge, bro. Right. Huge. The top band at one point. And yeah. there's always, I guess it resembles the, the music industry and stuff, but there was so much, so much talent that I, that blew my mind. I would tour with bands that were super talented, bro, and it changed the way I wrote music and did music, and and the kids and we we were all pretty much living that lifestyle. You know, if someone smoked a cigarette, it was like a you'd have to hide it here and there. But right. in general, we were there to explore God and do yeah. music. You know, so it's uh because uh because there's such a tightness to it and your lifestyle, like if you walk in with your girlfriend and you're not married, your right. check is cut, right? <laughs> check is cut dog. Right. right. You lost job. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of regulations and stipulations for sure. When you work at a church for, for sure. 
So, but did you do you think when you left the church that you got better musically, artistically, or you you were always the same? I, I consider it always the same. You don't think the church was holding you back at all from your creativity? No, 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 no. Well, the reason why I asked that question though is like we're we're in a band called Emory, Matt and I are, and we got out of the church uh, system really early because I felt like people were only listening to your music because it was safe because it had some God stuff in it. And it was at church where there was no drinking or alcohol allowed. There was no chance to hook up with somebody. You know, it was just safe. So the fans weren't real. Like, I think that's that's the biggest pushback, I think, for most artists in the church. The fans, I don't really think are real. You're just some band that came through and you're just entertainment. They don't really care about how cool the beat is or this lick that you played on the guitar or these great lyrics. They just they just they're just there because their parents said, oh, this is safe. Not going to see, you know, Metallica. I'll let you go see whatever, you know, whatever band it might be. You're not going to go see Kanye West. I'll let you go see Pigeon John because he's probably safer. Yeah, there, there is uh, God is big. And I remember uh, going to Hope Chapel at 19. Uh-huh. Didn't know about the Christian music industry. I just loved music. And, uh, and at that time, I was told that rap was of the devil. So I picked up the guitar. <laughs> Like that a difference. That's a right situation. The guitar is holy. When the guitar was made by a black man. So, anyway, so, so I think that uh, uh, when I saw the Shekinah brothers and, and, and they were so the guy just asked, like, where's the restroom? They look like a, a wolves in a sheepish church, but the wolves that were soft in the eyes like you knew that these guys were the real deals they felt like four cowboys it was a rock and roll band yeah, yeah. i never saw that in real life and the dude asked where's the restroom i was like right there and they played uh not worship songs but they were worshiping in their hearts where you left room enough for god to show up yeah you didn't you can't describe you know just so i saw that and i said i want to be them because they they were honest there and I and I was lucky enough to see them and that was because of the church you know so I'm very thankful for the church God is big and but the church is equal to a strip club and that's not a bad thing meaning God is everywhere you know so I remember at Red Cloud I went to a there's so LPG the church I'm thankful for the church and soup the chemists and and how we were raised yeah. because I would have never gotten the chance to do it but I yeah. I totally feel you of and I saw a lot of bands kind of lose themselves in the industry and kind of react bitterly and run the other yeah, way. It is an industry for sure. For sure. Now, at, su- at some point, and, and maybe you've already described when this was, but let me just clarify, like er- earlier in your career, like I heard you on an interview recently, and I mean, nothing was offensive to me, but there were some very vulgar things being discussed using very vulgar words. At some point earlier in your, in your career, you couldn't have done that. I mean, because you would have been, that would have been the end of any sort of L.A. symphony making money, correct? I mean, there were bands that shut down completely because there was a random cuss word at a bonus track at the end of their CD. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, for sure. And I, to to uh, to touch on that uh, and to touch on the church uh, being in the world, pretty much, the earth is the church. So everywhere you go, you're in church. Uh, I am trying to not do as much as those things, uh, just today, like, uh, being vulgar, like you said, cause I look back and I'm older, like I'm, I'm learning things very late, you yeah. know, but it's kind of like, uh, re falling in love with God the second time. And it's even more, the, the fear of the Lord is real now. And it's a physical scariness, you know, that, that is a uh, visceral. It sounds like the wilderness when you're all alone. Yeah. It's it's helpful, but it's 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 big, you know. So yeah. I I I right now just today I I would uh say yes, you couldn't do that. And a lot of times we are vulgar because the Christian market, man, we party so hard because we can't. Mm-hmm. We can't party. You're not supposed to party. So when we're in the hotel rooms, we party harder than a lot of people because it's the rubber band effect. We yeah. snap too and all that stuff. But a lot of times when things calm down the same message and uh, what we're uh, could be learning on life still is in front of my face, you know, like yeah. let's look out for our kids. I don't, you know, I'm just realizing you could do it another way and not, not be as vulgar. Well, what's, what's, what's the difference in, and your and where you're at now in your faith with your second finding of God? Like what's the main difference between now and 
back in the mid late nineties? It's a book knowledge versus street knowledge. So I read everything, but I really didn't know what, uh, what things were meaning. And, and when I reread it now, it feels like, it feels like a nine millimeter gun on a child's bed. It feels dangerous as heck because you're reading the actual book that has caused it's the, the, it's the gun. It's yeah. the, the gun that has either helped a lot of people or murdered them. Mm-hmm. And we'll never know because it's history is, uh, is Google now. So yeah. we'll never know. So, but the, I, 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 when I approach it, I think it's like everything that I learned, but now it's a, it's physical. It's a physical, uh, relationship or physical thing where when I do something wrong, I, it's karma and it comes right back. It feels like knives on your shoulders and you can, I can pray all I want, but God doesn't answer because he knows that I'm bullshitting and he won't answer until I stop. So it's visceral, bro. It's real that you realize why people shake on the floor and, and get scared when they see an angel terrified, you know, it's not comfortable out in the, there's no, uh, it's real. That's why I think like, uh, I'm thankful for all those things. Uh, like the Bible says, like teach a kid when he's young and then he'll never depart from it. I think that's really true. And I think that what we all were raised on were basically universal truths and, um, that never really leave us. So it's, um, that's of a book knowledge and more of a, um, a reality now. Yeah. What would you say to a Christian that basically said, well, wait a second now, Jesus, remove the penalty. There's no condemnation. When you sin, sure, confess it. We were actually just talking about this earlier, but just move on. You don't need to feel bad about it. God's not against you. He's for you. I like that. I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing, man. I, I carry around guilt like for a good eight years. Easy. Yeah. So, uh, and that will dictate like everything. So the, the like you said, we're supposed to be letting it go and, yeah. uh, and trying to, and it's like the whole daily reprieve. Now that I've left the church, which is equivalent to like leaving earth. You can't. So, (laughs) so you can't. And it's like, every time I breathe, God is breathing into me. So it's all, everything is now, now we are Adam and we have the, the genuine choice of being nice. And that's pretty much all that it is. And then the rest is just how much we want to adore and, and, uh, uh, experience with God stuff. It's interesting. You were talking about guilt. I've struggled with a lot of guilt myself too, but what like with, when you're talking about guilt and living this out and it it being so real and seeing God and everything, like what, uh, what do you think? How how did you, what, what's the, like a a real case scenario or like, how do you live that out? Like, how do you get rid of your guilt? Like you, you said you, you, it weighed you down for something like eight years for obviously you've been through pain and suffering. I know, like, I think you even maybe went through a divorce. I'm not sure about that, but yeah, I know you, everybody's gone through some rough relational stuff with family, all that. So how do you get rid of some of that guilt? Like personally for you? It's, it's the same message of like, you only, they get in with through an eye of a needle. You can't get in unless you let it go. So, uh, how do I do it? I, 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 uh, it's the age old thing. I have to come before I have to be alone and quiet and, uh, and, let go continually and uh, and realize that when I don't, I'm actually making people angry. You yeah. know, it's kind of like if your favorite person is like peeing on him or herself, it kind of piss you off after a while. Like, right. Go to the like, stop it. You can't do yeah. it. So I think that um, <laughs> God gets mad at us for moping around. You know what I mean? It's a that's a beautiful thing, man, because I think like I, I went through a divorce and I was 29 and a virgin. I didn't know nothing, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Uh, but I did, and I realized that all the, the all that stuff is just a full circle. But I destroyed a person, and but I was a young Christian, kind of a good guy. But I just demolished a person's soul. So I, I definitely the whole color went to black and white. Wow, you know, my whole world went to black and white. No matter what, bro. Like I, no matter what, it was just there for a while. Yeah. And, um, I think that the, the, it's almost audacious of God to forgive me. Yeah. The feeling of grace. I really feel a lot more now because I know I do not deserve it Yeah. at all. Yeah. There's a lot of other things, but now I feel like the, you know, the whole like 
hey, you're forgiven. Go pick up your stuff and walk. Or you can lay down there for 27 years. But I told you, go pick up your stuff and walk. And usually God won't say another word for 37 years unless you do the first thing. So that's why he's silent. So now I realize I have to pick up that mat and walk. Yeah. But it's all perfect timing. God is is perfect where when you're supposed to uh, do it is when you're supposed to because it affects another person's life. And it's just um, it's a it's a to forgive oneself is uh, is the deal. But the cool thing about it, I'm still reading the the, the Bible. Right. And it says, uh, dear Lord, forgive us. Never me. Never me. I'm never alone. If you're alone. There's a saying, if there, if a man is walking alone, he's with the devil. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There's no us. There's only, there's no you. Yeah. Us, like us four right here, we're the church, man. You look at me and you're like, I'm not giving that guy the job because this nigga's crazy. Or I, I look at you and say, I'm not going to work, you know, because, and it's supposed to be that, that way. And it's, you know, the disciples probably really weird, really weird. But it said, Forgive us as we forgive. Mm-hmm. If we don't forgive, yeah. we're not forgiven. And we've right. been taught that, but it's literally true. Like I can't be forgiven. And meaning I will live in a mental hell if I don't forgive others. You forgive, you, you, the weight is lifting as you, as you forgive. And it only is there as you forgive. And if we are not forgiving, if we're not graceful in the way we look at each at others, then we're not graceful with us. So yeah. basically, if we don't, if we can't love us, if we can't love my chest, it's impossible to love anybody else. So it's an age-old philosophy that we're learning, and it's so good that it's still living. Like yeah, the whole living yeah. word thing is crazy. But you, the reason why it's living is because you guys, there's, there we're talking about it. So in the midst, you know, it's pretty crazy. And as soon as I get off the phone. The devil shows up. Yeah. <laughs> Go cry in the shower. You went all in. I got two quick questions. First of all, did you dupe 7.6 million people to go on YouTube and watch the bomb video? How in the hell did you pull that off? Man, that was that on purpose? Man, no, no, no. We just did the music video and just I went on tour and and, and it seemed like a, a genuine uh, connection with the people that listened to it. And it just started uh, blowing up, man. Yeah, that's crazy. No, that's crazy. That's cool. My last question, given that you are in the hip hop industry, has the hip hop scene come full circle from a standpoint of early on, everybody looked at guys like Tupac, Snoop Dogg, Biggie as, man, these guys are legit. These guys are real deal. These guys are artists. And it seems like we went into a phase like maybe early 2000 where it was just like, okay, the the bling stuff and these guys, you know, they're they're basically sucking up to the record labels, getting real big with their image. And a lot of them are fake. And now all of a sudden you have a guy like Chance the Rapper who literally just started from the ground up and just did things in such a pure I'm giving my music away. I'm going to do exactly what I want to. I'm not going to kiss anyone's ass. And it's like, it seems like the internet is, has changed and brought us back to a pretty healthy place. Is that like your perception of the situation as well? I think like uh, one um, with hip hop, when Tupac was large and Biggie, there was a whole underground where we didn't listen to Tupac. Tupac was a joke to us. We knew that this fool used to dance for digital underground in his underwear. You can't become a gangster, right? You don't choose. It happens to you. So we know that. So we know that he's very entertaining and talented. But none of us in that age in, in hip hop, the pop when it becomes pop, there's a there's a huge population of hip hop that doesn't listen to Little Wayne or anything that's on the radio because there's it's the same with rock and roll. There's tons of bands. We can't define a whole. Uh, genre off Guns and Roses. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So with Chance the Rapper, there was thousands of Chance the Rappers. There was, and, and it's always been there. There's always been a yin and yang to every music. So there's never been like a huge, like um, uh, in, in reality, but I can see how it can uh, look like that. Hip hop has always been the same. You've always had like conscious rappers, Jungle Brothers and all that stuff. You've always had two shorts, since the beginning, you've always had dope boys since the beginning and breakdancers and graffiti yeah. artists. So that has never changed. But what has gotten light 
by the mainstream media has changed. Yeah. Right now, it's a chance the rapper seems like, what the heck? But back in 2000s, like you said, that's when Blackstar came out. Most Def and Talib Kweli. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Roots was doing stuff. And those people clowned the flossy, dope boy look because they knew anybody who's telling is a rat. Yeah. So you don't talk about it. Yeah. As soon as you let the words, you're a rat. So we don't right. listen to rats. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> they do. They listen to rats, but we don't. Yeah. Well, this, hey, I tell you what, this has been awesome. You've been true for a long time, been in the game for a long time. People can go to facebook.com forward slash do the pigeon and uh, join the big community of people that are listening to your stuff. And, uh, hey, we really appreciate your time, man. Heck yeah. 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 Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you, John. We'll see you again soon. Bye now. All right. Excellent. Pigeon John. So, Joe, you've been a fan of his for how many years? Uh, I was listening to like, Brainwash Projects in 1999. <laughs> so I probably, I probably rode around in your oh, Honda yeah, Accord you did, you, and heard it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, no, Honda Accord. Didn't you have a Honda it, Accord then? It was, no, you, you got to give it a better name than that. You could have like just let it go. Car you could, you could, oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, let's get on to, uh, we got enough time for, for a little bit of truth? Yeah, let's do it. In a world where your pastor friend is, in fact, has the whitest skin of any person you've ever known, but listens to music that doesn't really represent his, what are you, uh, uh, Viking history? What Are you from Norwegian. the Vikings? Yeah, Viking, <laughs> Shouldn't you be listening to, like, uh, just death metal only? Like, yeah. it's, it's interesting that rap, like, it just has your heart. Like, it's probably your favorite music. Shouldn't you be listening to fat people music only? That's a really good one, man. That actually really hurt. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. That actually really fucking hurt. <laughs> this comes from the new. <laughs> this comes. <laughs> Welcome, what? all you new NPR friends. <laughs> hey, if, if if there was a music that sounded like fat people music, what would it be? Do you think of operas? Fat people singing, right? The fat lady sings, or the fat man oh, up there Lord. on the stage, Pavarotti singing. You know, that's that's fat people music, opera. That may that may be the our best bet. That's like that in a cartoon, job, at least. Matt. All right, I all right. Uh, I, I want to see if y'all are interested in this. Or is this, I, I I think Joey it'll play into your conspiracy theory stuff. And Matt, I think you might not care at all. But uh, WikiLeaks releases a trove of alleged CIA hacking documents, uh, and what appears to be uh, the largest leak of CIA documents in history. Uh, on Tuesday, thousands of pages describing sophisticated software tools and techniques used by the agency to break into smartphones, computers, and even internet-connected televisions. The document uh, amount the documents amount to a detailed, highly technical catalog of tools. They include instructions for compromising a wide range of common computer tools for use in spying. The online calling service Skype. Wi-Fi networks, documents in PDF format, and even commercial antivirus programs of the kind used by millions of people to protect their computers. A program called Wrecking Crew mm -hmm. explains how to crash a targeted computer, and another tells how to steal passwords using the autocomplete function on Internet Explorer. Other programs uh, were called Crunchy, Lime Skies, Elder Piggy. Uh, basically, it goes on to say that the CIA is able to crack into your television, mm -hmm. uh, your computer, all this stuff all this stuff. And so, Matt, do you think this is as evil as it sounds? Well, nothing is as crazy as it sounds in almost any report, basically. And you can tell that by yeah. if somebody, I don't know, I was listening, I was reading a music review the other day and it was just, it was, I think it was of our music or something. And they were just had all this insight into what we were doing and why and all this stuff. It's like, they don't, that's not even true, and they don't know what they're talking about, but they're crafting their story here. I get it. But they were, you know, there's just all these details in there that were clearly assumptions and trying to make points and stuff, and that's all you can do. I understand that. So anytime you're reading a story, it's probably not, it's probably not as crazy as they yeah. want you to make it sound. So you've got to filter a little bit. And then the other thing I'd filter down a little bit um, is, if you'll remember, with the, the thing where the FBI was trying to get Apple to unlock a phone. Right. So that lets right, you know right. that there's some limit to what they can't do. Like, it, right. There's some, so there's some level of horror here, and I'll get back to that, but probably not faking the moon landing, probably not hiding aliens, but still needing Apple to unlock the iPhone. Right. 
but is what I'm saying. There's a there's an obvious yeah. limit there to what really could be conspiratorial. However, on this particular issue, say bye-bye to your privacy. You haven't had it for a long time. It's not real. Right. And I think that's an interesting area. I think it's horribly wrong and probably morally wrong. And our liberty as individuals and citizens of this country, we've given it up since 9-11 and the Patriot Act. Right. We've saying we want to be safe, so we'll give you anything. And we give all our information out to Facebook to be part of that community. Um, there's a movement that says in the future we should try to actively pay for all the things we use because with the Facebook and with the Skype and with everything, we're the product. We're not the consumer. The consumer is whoever yeah. buys and uses the data. Uh, our privacy is is totally toast. Now, my reaction to it is, well, you can't control it. So I'm not big on political stuff or fighting for it. I tend to go the other way and say every detail and bullshit weird thing I can on a podcast and go ahead and broadcast it. It won't bite me later. If it does, I'm going to be on top. I want to be on top of it. So, you know, maybe I should open my blinds in my bathroom too. So if you want to watch me piss, come on. I mean, that's what, like, it's a little bit of a defiant, uh, you know, motive that I have for trying to be honest and open, but it's because I don't, I don't think the privacy is really there anyway. Like they said in the smart connected TV, you know, your TV has Netflix in it. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're just, a lot of those things have cameras and uh, all the computer cameras, there's stuff in there about how they can get into your laptop, turn on the microphone on your Skype-connected television, smart uh, Samsung television, and just be listening in your living room. That's the implications of stuff like this. And it's to get the bad guys, and don't you want to be safe? And that's what it is. Right. But yeah, they, but they, this, it, that stuff's real, of course. But, but, what, but wouldn't you say regular people, like, uh, I mean, I, I'll put my name in that category. Nobody cares about what I'm saying. Right. Nobody cares about that's, what I'm doing in my bedroom. That may be so. true, and that may be true now, but if you, uh, that, that's beside the point. I mean, what if you're, what if, what if all you Christians are worried about Christian persecution, if that really happens? Think about it. What we do now is right. uh, is what they are doing is watch listing and cr- hacking in the phones of people with the name Muhammad because of what they look like and believe. So right. if that can change, then w- what's to protect you when it's coming against you? Yeah. Yeah. And then you're not normal. It's anymore. just not then okay. On, then you're on a watch list. Yeah. So, yeah. Joe, you think that you at any point you've been watched by our government? You think there's a chance? My guess would be no. But I, I have, I, y'all, you guys have really made me think twice before when I have sent y'all just ridiculous uh, text messages. And there's been times where both of y'all on uh, separate accounts have responded like, dude, if if someone were to ever see this, like you'd be done. Like you as right. a pastor, our podcast, <laughs> everything. And I think there's an element of seriousness to it, right? Well, yeah. Think about Tom Brady. It, you know, he, he was texting the guy that was deflating the balls and he called him the deflator or whatever. But luckily, he deleted all his texts. So still, they weren't able to get his phone. He destroyed the phone. But I'm just saying, they could have. At, they, they were asking for the phone. He destroyed it before because he said, I just got rid of it because I'm done with that phone. But if they could have got some of his text messages, he might it might have totally proved he, he did something. So there are chances where the government or uh, the you know, a, a court of law would say, Hey, we need to see your text messages. Send, give us your phone. Yeah. Yeah. And then they might could find them. It's but just not, it's not really fair to take the, the position of, well, if you don't do anything bad, you don't have to worry about the cops. That, that isn't the way that just isn't the way things work. Certain things and groups will right. be targeted and maybe they're not you is the best you can say. That's the best right. thing you say is luckily I'm not in the a, a group right now that gets targeted or hassled. But if that was even if it was legal, I mean, you would hate it if police came and searched your house every day without a warrant. Yeah. Just to make sure, like, think of how invasive and wrong that is, whether it be digital yeah. or not. It's just right. it's just obviously wrong. Yeah. All right. This last story comes from uh, the Associated Press. And it, this is another reason why I just can't really buy into organizations like the government or church. When they get real big, you can't totally trust them because they're going to get a lot of stuff wrong. Of and this is just a biased article here. Bacon, soda, and too few nuts tied to big portion of U.S. death. <laughs> <laughs> Gorging on bacon, skimping on nuts. These are among food habits that new research uh, links with deaths from heart disease, strokes, and diabetes. Overeating or not eating enough of the 10 foods and nutrients contributes uh, to nearly half of the U.S. deaths from these causes, the study suggests, good foods that were undereaten include nuts and seeds, seafood-rich omega-3 fat, uh, three fats, including salmon and sardines, fruits and vegetables, and whole grains. Bad foods or nutrients that were overeaten include salt and salty foods, processed meats including bacon, bologna, and hot dogs, <laughs> red meat including steaks and hamburgers, and sugary drinks. 
It goes on to talk this bullshit, but you, the thing I hate about this, here, here's why I hate it. Okay, of course, you if read you drink a bias un- article with an unbelievably reverse bias tone of voice. It's a very yeah, 100%. Funny. You're exactly right. The, the reason why I hate this, and, and this is why I want to break the truth down for, for you listeners out there, that this is all bullshit. It's not true because what they didn't test is, yeah, you ate a hamburger with unbelievable white bread and uh, greasy french fries with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you ate you, you know you ate a steak with all this other crap. Yeah, you, it, right. it wasn't just the steak. It's not just the bacon as we all know, we're learning more and more real evidence through, you know, low carb or keto diet or all the stuff that you can eat a lot of fatty foods and mm-hmm. it changes diabetes. Mm-hmm. It stops yep. diabetes. I mean, what in the world is it? of course don't drink sugary drinks. You don't eat tons of carbs and tons of fats. That doesn't yeah. work. The what really works have, is the people yeah. that eat all the bacon are people who eat whatever tastes good. Exactly. In general, there's a few people who eat a lot of bacon as part of a very intentional plan. What make right. will of that what you w- will, but most people that are eating most of the bacon are simply eating bacon and funnel cakes and sodas because they taste good. Right. So yes, the, I, yeah, I understand uh, that that yeah. probably is the, the, is the case. Those people are eat, yeah, those people are eating three pieces of bacon and then four pancakes with syrup. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the bacon's bad. Yeah. Eat pancakes all you want. Eat as many pancakes apparently to this article. You can have as many pancakes with syrup as you want and live and never have a disease ever. <laughs> But if you eat three pieces of bacon, you're screwed. All right, I'm done. I'm on, I've been on a rant yeah, today, man. man. I've been kind of on fire. It's crazy. All right. Well, I guess we can get out of here. Joey, you got anything you want to say? Uh, I'm kind of mad. If you say something that ticks me off, I'm going to go after you. You too, Matt. What kind yeah, of shut up. Shut up. Are you going to give the blessing? <laughs> well, let, let me make sure everybody knows what's going on in our world here. we got Emory shows next week coming oh, up yeah. here. So you can come see us in Atlanta, Nashville, Cincinnati, and St. Louis. You can go to emorymusic.com to see that. Mm. And uh, I want to thank the BC Club for supporting us. I would really like everybody to join the BC Club if you haven't yet it's it's time to do it the club has grown it is very very big it's vibrant it's alive uh we enjoy it you will enjoy it and it's a, it really does feel good to pay for stuff that you're interested in and care about so uh the, i think you should join and support the patreons of other podcasts do them first go sign up for a patreon of some other podcast you listen to and then then join the BC Club as well. Uh, that's the order to do to do that in. And I really believe that if we all support the things that we like, you can kind of more, you know, that's actively contributing into to what the world is like. Basically, is what you're doing. You're you're voting with your dollars and your investment to uh, to the things that you care about. And whether that be you get HBO on demand only and not cable, or pay for the Bad Christian Podcast or Science Mike, you decide. You help. You participate. You create the world. We create the culture together. It's a teamwork thing. And again, I said this last episode, but I think it's working. I think this stuff is happening. We're getting yeah. covered by NPR. We talk to big pastors that we know the mega church and these other people are aware of us. And it's not because not us, the three of us, but us, the culture, us, all of us. And the BC Club is the heart of that. So join it, enjoy it, and you know, become an active participant in the culture. That's what I would ask for you. Right. It really is crazy. Already, I've experienced people responding quicker with big guest asks because I say we were featured on NPR. Yeah. Like Donald Driver's people got back with me right away. Stephen Furtick's people got right. Like, it's like, wow, that's some that's some weighty stuff right there. Yeah, right on. So anyway, thebcclub.com, badchristian.com, whatever. You'll find us. Yeah, and also go if if you need some good clothes and, and good uh, wallets, all kinds of apparel and stuff, go to BC Supply, bc.supply. You'll love it. It's fun to shop there. You can get gifts for your loved ones, and you can look cool again. And wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> 100%. All right. You who are listening, fight the good fight. Just fight that fight. It doesn't matter who it is. If it's your mom today, just fight her. If it's your dad, if if it's your your wife, fight them. And tell them that you're going to fight a good fight today. Just fight people. That's what God wants you to do in his name. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.